Um, listen, I'm so glad we've got some friends with us today. Many of you know Stephen and Jennifer Gowd. Um, and uh, yeah. And uh, I have wanted them to come for a while, and I'd called Stephen, and I had another date, and I'm like, hey, could you come? He's like, man, I'm already committed. I can't be there. And so we picked this as the alternate date, but I just felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit to have him come and speak to us. And if you don't know him, you're about to meet him, but he is just an on-fire God. He and Jennifer both, their kids are just amazing family. They serve at Christ for the Nations Institute, and they're just a dynamic, powerful couple. And they, to us, are family even though they live in Dallas. And so for the holidays, they came in to spend some time with us. So will you give a pathway welcome to Stephen and Jennifer Gowd? Good morning, Pathway family. How are you this morning? Good. It's good to be back with you guys. It's been a little bit, a little bit of time. Let me look, get a good look at all you guys. Yeah, you look good. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I tried this morning. Someone told me I looked good. I said, well, I tried. Amen. So I have my wonderful wife with me here this morning, Jennifer. I won't make you stand. I may give you the mic and let you sing if this doesn't go well, though. Yeah, so let's just me go ahead and just make this real, real simple and plain because I know you see it. Yes, I do have glasses on because I'm 40 now. And and I, I couldn't see, and so I went to get my license, and they told me that, listen, you cannot drive unless you have glasses. But she was so gracious and allowed me to go get glasses, and yes, I do have gray in my beard now, this right here. I, I'm well aware of that. Amen. I'm trying to look like uh, Pastor Marty and Pastor Mark. Amen. <laughs> hey, can we give it up for our leadership this morning? Yeah. Amen. Thank you for your yes. Yeah. We really appreciate it, Pastor. Thank you for the yes. Amen. I think you guys are a little bit more Pentecost than last time I came here. <laughs> Just a little bit, maybe. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We bless you. We need you. We want you. You are our great desire. Be our great pursuit. May the grace of you, Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the communion, the participation, the partnership of Holy Ghost be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, and then we'll read the first verse in chapter 5. So a cool thing about being a preacher is we get the title a message every week or every time that we preach. And man, sometimes... You like dwindle it down to like the top five and then like the top three and then you're like, oh yeah, I got it. I really struggled with the title on this one, man. Like, so I, I finally just titled it The Waiting, but I mean, then I had like The, the Waiting Room and God's Waiting Room and, and the process, but 
I think we just dwindle it down to the waiting. So I want to talk to you this morning about the waiting. Mark chapter 4, verses 35. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Look at your neighbor and say the other side. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon, a furious storm, a furious storm came up with high waves and were breaking into the boat. They did not knock on the door to ask if they could come in, but they were breaking into the boat and began to fill with water the boat did. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we are drowning? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the winds and said to the waves, peace be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Then they came to the other side of the sea. The waiting. So, so what, what is the waiting? The waiting is that, that place in time. Between the word of God, the promise of God, the, the dream of God, the, the vision of God, and the actual fulfillment of that thing. How many, how many of you have a promise from God you feel like this morning? Amen? How many have a dream from God, a vision from God, or something that God has laid on your heart? And there, there's always that point of where we receive what the word is saying to us, what God is saying to us. And then there's that, what we call... In the church world, a cuss word is called the process. N nobody likes the process. The process is about like you going to the dentist and the dentist saying, hey, you need a root canal. No, nobody likes waiting. We live in a generation that everything is instant. I, I don't know if you're like me, but when, when I go to Target, I finally quit going to Walmart because the lines were too long and I didn't want to wait. So now I go to Target and I have all these groceries and when I'm checking out, you know what the first thing I do is? I begin to look at all the lines because I'm examining what line's going to run faster. And then after I look at the lines, you know who I look at next? The cashier. And I, and I begin to ask myself, is this cashier capable of giving, getting me out at the fastest time? My wife thinks that she has some real discernment because she's always like, oh, no, this, this line there. I'm like, no, babe, I've been doing this for years. I know what I'm doing. I promise you, this line is faster. And, and when I hit it right, I'm passing by, pushing out my buggy, looking at all those other people saying, man, you got to wait. I don't have to wait anymore. No, nobody likes to wait. No, nobody likes to submit to the process. And, and this is where the disciples find themselves in this story in Mark chapter 4. You see, they're, they're used to being with Jesus. They're used to not knowing what's going to happen. Kind of like any given Sunday here at Pathway, we're not really sure what's going to happen anymore. 
We, we may show up to a, a wedding and Jesus turns the water into wine. We may, we may show up at a, at a grave site and someone comes walking out of their tomb. We may, we may show up on one place and demons are cast out of someone. They, they never knew what to expect, but they were ready for ministry. So, so they get in this boat and Jesus says, let's go to the other side. And they know that the other side means ministry. They know the other side means a dream fulfilled. They know the other side means the manifestation of the power of God. However, the process hits. And what was meant to be just a short boat ride to the other side was now a storm, was now a struggle was now resistance. Have you, have you ever been in a word? Have you ever been in a prayer time? Have you ever been in this season of dreaming with the Lord and all of a sudden it seems like you hit resistance? It, it said that soon a furious storm. Not, not just a storm, but a furious storm. Not just waves, but high waves. And as I spoke, they did not knock on the door. They broke in unannounced in the in the boat that was their safety that was to tread upon water was now filling with water they found themselves in a process and the dangerous thing about a process is that voice always comes to our emotions it always comes to our intellect and this is the questions that provokes do do you, do you even care? Do you, do you even care about my marriage? Do you even care about my kids? Do you even care about this dream? Was this ever your dream anyways? Was this ever your vision? What, what about the gospel? What about the word of God? Do you even care? Are you, are you even present? In the process, it was supposed to take a short boat ride to the other side. The, the, the waiting that was supposed to take a day now turns to a week, and a week turns to a month, and a month turns to a year, and a year turns to a decade. Listen, nobody likes waiting. And it doesn't make you any more spiritual to say that you do. <laughs> and if you say you do, Pastor... We'll preach about lying next week. <laughs> my, my experience with the waiting, my experience with the process kind of reminds me of going on, a, going on a trip with my kids. <sighs> it, it does not matter. This question's always going to come up. Always. You see, we, we like to go to the East Coast because you can get there in 11 hours. We like to go to Florida. And so we get in the car with our kids and, man, we make sure that we, we have all their snacks. We, we give them all, all their drinks. We, we charge up their phone. We charge up the computer. I charge up my phone. We charge up the iPad. And we give them all the entertainment they need. And we let them know, listen, the destination is going to be a process. We, we prep them and we let them know, listen, it's, it's going to take 10 to 12 hours depending on how fast you drink that drink and how many times we got to go to the bathroom. 
But it, but it never fails. It never fails. 30 minutes to an hour down the road, that question's coming from the back seat. Are we there yet? <laughs> Listen, don't judge me. I don't know how you handle your kids, but this is how I handle mine. Jennifer, you better get your kids. <laughs> they, they, they know that we're not there yet. It takes 30 minutes to get to their school. And we haven't even passed their school yet. They have, they have an understanding of time. Really what they're saying is, you know, dad, I, I, I've ran out of patience and I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of waiting. I, I've ran the, the, the battery down onto my phone and, and I, I've ran the charge down on the iPad. And, and by the way, you, you told me not to eat all the snacks because we weren't stopping again. But I've ate all the snacks and, and I'm, I'm hungry. What, what they're telling me is they're telling me is, Dad, I've done everything I know to do. So shouldn't we be at our destination have, have, you, have you ever been there with God? Hey, hey, hey God, God, are, are we there yet? Are, are we at the miracle yet? Are we at the fulfillment of the promise yet? God, are we at the dream yet? Because I, I'm really tired of waiting. What we're telling God is, I, I really have really lost patience. I, I, I've lost endurance. I feel like that. I feel like that I'm slipping. And, and can't you see? Can't you see? This safe place that you've given me is now filling up with water. I've done everything I, I know to do. I've prayed all the prayers. I come to all the Saturday morning prayers. I'm doing that, that read your Bible through in a year. I've been faithful to it. I, I'm fasting. I, so, so can't, can't we be, can't we be at the other side? Can't I hold the fullness of what you promised me? Here, here's one thing that I've learned about the process is God just doesn't want you to know it all. I don't know why. I think God probably sometimes gets to that point where you get with our kids where, we, where we're great parents and we just want to answer all their questions, but we get to that place where we're like, just because I told you so. <laughs> I said, I would never say that to my kids. Oh, just, just because dad said so. I think sometimes God gets to that place. He's like, listen, just, just because I said so. Listen, there, there's no seven step, 12 step mathematical way to figure out how to get to the other side. God, God allows us to go through the waiting. He allows us to go through the process because this is where trust is developed. You see, Proverbs chapter three and verse five, we, we love quoting the first part of that because it challenges us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's the place that we want to be at as children of God. That's a place we want to be at as ministers. That's a place we want to be at in our family. But the last sentence says there, Trust in the Lord your God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
What, what do we do when God says don't lean on our own understanding? What do we do when God says don't lean on how you can figure it out? What do we do when we say we cannot figure this out? It doesn't balance. It doesn't check. This, this is the time where, where waiting is developed. And we have to learn that we're not waiting on God. We're waiting with God. That, that's very important. That's not just a quotable. That, that is life. That, that is our reality. We're not waiting on God. We're, we're waiting with God. Pastor quoted it earlier. Isaiah 40 in verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They should mount up with wings like eagles. They should run and not grow weary. And they, they should walk and not faint. However, do you see the decrease in that scripture? It's, as long as we're flying, we're fine. And we feel safe when we're running. But when we have to start walking, we're like, oh. It's, it's the process. It's, it's the waiting. You see, we, I... <laughs> I love talking about Jeremiah chapter 1. Because Jeremiah chapter 1 reminds us that from the womb, from the womb God calls us. And he appoints us as prophets and he appoints us as fathers and he appoints us as mothers and he appoints us as entrepreneurs and he appoints us as pastors. He appoints us. And we talk about Jeremiah being this prophet to the nation. But you know what we don't talk about a whole lot? The process. The fact that he wasn't even allowed to get married. The discouragement and the depression. The beating, the imprisonment. The denial from his own people. Knowing that he had the word of the God in him. Knowing he had the word of the Lord. The people rejecting him. A process, waiting. What about John the Baptist? The forerunner for Jesus, the voice, the trumpet in the wilderness preparing the way of the Lord. 30 years in the wilderness, preaching a message that nobody liked. Could you imagine preaching every Sunday and nobody ever saying, man, that was a great word. Every Sunday, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you see his process? He was a Levite on both sides, mom and dad's side. He's supposed to be in the temple ministering before the Lord. And he's out wearing camel hair and eating locusts. And he finds himself not only prophesying that the Messiah was Jesus, but he finds himself in prison saying, is it really him? His faith is shaken in the waiting. Look at Moses. Moses is not 25 years old at the burning bush. Moses is 80. What kind of process, what kind of waiting? Listen, this is what I've learned about the process. As much as I don't like it, like it, as much as it tries my faith, as much as I feel like that I'm stuck in a fiery furnace, 
I wouldn't trade anything for my process. I wouldn't trade anything for the times that I've had to wait with the Lord. It is my process that has made me the husband I am today. It is my process that has made me the father I am today. It is my process that has made me the Christian that I am today. It is the times that I said, God, do you care? It is the seasons that my, the answer to my prayer has been, my grace is sufficient. <laughs> The seasons where the answer to my prayer was, your, my grace is sufficient. My strength is all you need. Therefore, boast, boast, boast in your weakness so the strength of God can be magnified and glorified. Jesus, Jesus loves the process. Why? Because it's where intimacy, it's where relationship is developed. You see, I, I see a long boat ride, but he sees intimacy and relationship cultivating and developing in his children. I, I, I see rejection, but he sees acceptance. You know what one of the greatest pictures, the greatest examples of relationship and intimacy is? It's the nine-month process between a mother and a child. Throwing up. <laughs> Peeing on yourself. <laughs> Everything smells disgusting. Emotional roller coaster. Doctor visit after doctor visit kicking you in the stomach, cannot sleep for nine months. That is, that is the worst, that is the worst, the worst process ever. Can you imagine? Not to mention labor. I'm a wimp. But what, what's cultivating there? <laughs> Relationship. Intimacy. A bond that cannot be broken. You can have a child that's guilty. And that mother still be sitting there saying, oh, not my baby. My baby didn't do that. <laughs> yes, your baby did. It's on camera. <laughs> <laughs> Intimacy. Relationship. You see, we, we see a long boat ride, but he sees intimacy and relationship. We, we, we say the, the process, why, why the process? And he's saying, I want to hurt you. I want to save you from the hurt. I want to save you from the pain. I want to I save you from the season of temptation. You see, if God took us immediately from, from the promise to the fulfillment, it would kill many of us. 
Do you know why churches don't immediately get where they want to go? Because they're not ready to get there. Do you know why you don't immediately turn over the kingdom to a child? Because they're not ready. Do you know why we have driver's ed? So that your insurance is not $1,000 a month. Because there's 14, 15, and 6-year-olds driving around, crashing into each other, raising our insurance. It's a process that God is developing us in. One of the most beautiful processes in the Bible was 25 years between Abraham and God. Do you know what was developing in those 25 years? Relationship. Relationship was developing over 25 years. But you know what I love about that process between Abraham and God? Is that Abraham didn't score 100. You're not going to score 100 in the process. That's where character comes from. Abraham tried producing an Isaac and got an Ishmael. But he was in close enough relationship with God to know that he wasn't going to settle for Ishmael when God had promised to Isaac. We must stop in the church. We must stop in our family. We must stop with our kids. We must stop settling for Ishmael's when God's promised an Isaac. Don't abandon the process because it's hard. I understand. It is the process that develops resolve. It is a process that develops a reality. It is a process that develops a foundation. That develops roots. You see, what you can see is not sustaining you. It's what you cannot see that sustains you. What, what am I even supposed to do? What am I supposed to do in the process? <laughs> Nobody talks about it. You, you, don't, you don't turn on Instagram and see the top 10 waiting moments. <laughs> the, the danger... The danger with not understanding the process and understanding the waiting time, the danger is, is that you start comparing what you see on social media and what you see that has been filterized and been photoshopped. Is filterized a word? It is now. Hey, we're in East Texas. It's a word, okay? We, we, we live in a generation where everything's processed through a filter. Everything is processed through Photoshop. And so what happens, we, we don't see the pain. We don't see the suffering. We don't see the trials. We don't see the tribulations of that beautiful family on Thanksgiving or Christmas that the picture is being posted on social media. We don't see how that mom is crying out to God that her son will come home that night. 
We don't see how that husband is struggling with the addiction of pornography and scared to go tell their wife about it. We don't, we don't see the trials and the tribulations that are developing in the home. Everyone, everyone, everyone has to submit to the process. Everyone is going through the waiting. Everyone is going through the waiting. So, so, so what do we do? What do I do when I'm not where I used to be, but I'm still not where I'm going? Go back to the last thing he told you. Go back to the last thing he told you. You know what I love about the life of David? Is David is anointed to be king. Man, I got called to preach when I was 17 years old. I was ready to take on the world. I remember sitting in the back seat and telling my dad, I said, dad, I'm ready to go preach the gospel. I'm ready to go travel. I'm 17 years old. All I knew was John 3, 16. And my dad's like, tell me how that goes, son. I, I had to submit to a process. David's a young man and he's, he's anointed to be king. Do you know what I would do if I was anointed to be king? I would go knock on the palace door and say, hey, that, that throne belongs to me. But not David. You know where David goes? He goes right back out to the sheep. Do you know what made David a man after God's own heart? It was his process. His, his process, the development made him a man after God's own heart. We get many of the Psalms, not because David was king, but because David was a worshiper. We get many of the songs. Not because of the fulfillment of the word of God, but because of the process that God took David through to get him there. And because he was willing to smell like sheep. You see, your process is not always going to be glamorous. We love, we love spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers, and I am so thankful that's the season of my life that I'm in. Could you imagine Living a life, living a process, living a waiting time where your spiritual father was jealous of you and wanted to kill you. That's where David is. Where that his spiritual father desires to kill him. Listen, it is the waiting. It is the process that is positioning you that is developing you to possess your dream. You see, it's the process. It's the waiting that teaches your calling, that teaches your purpose to eat meat. You don't want to be 30 years into this 
still drinking milk. But we have to submit. We have to say, yes, I trust the process. In Psalms 105 and 19, listen to this. <laughs> Psalms 105 and 19, until the time came to fulfill his dream, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Jeez. Jo Joseph has a dream. But look at the process. Look at the waiting that Joseph has to go through. His dad gives him this beautiful coat. And his brothers hate him because of it. They throw him into a well. They pull him out. They sell him into slavery. He's bought by Potiphar. Potiphar's wife lies on him, accuses him of rape, or the intent to rape. He's thrown into prison. He interprets dreams in prison. He's forgotten in prison. And finally, he's remembered. What, what was going on there? God was testing his character so that his character could actually hold what God had promised him. My character at 17 was not ready to hold the promise. My character at 25 was not able to hold the purpose. But at this season of my life, I'm running into destiny. I'm running into legacy for my kids. Why? Because of a process. Because of a waiting. I, I love Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29 and 11. Because it uses the intimate terminology. It uses the intentionality of God with his children. It says, for I know that word no is intimate. For I know the plans I have for you, say the Lord, and the plans for good and for hope and not destruction. Listen, you can do everything right and you're still going through the process. <laughs> you can go kicking and screaming or you can go with peace. Paul, Paul gets knocked off his donkey in Acts chapter nine. He's ready to turn the world upside down. Where does he go? He goes into the process for several years. We see Jesus in Luke at 12 years old, 12 years old, confounding the wise. Where does Jesus go? He goes into the waiting. Well, the Bible says that he grows in wisdom and favor with the Lord. Listen, just because your dream, your vision, the word seems to be delayed doesn't mean that it's denied. God, God's not denying you. God's strengthening you. <laughs> you see, it is, our, it is our trials and it is our tribulations that develops endurance inside of us. If the church needs one thing right now, we need endurance to be able to stand. It is, in, it is the development of endurance that produces the development of character. Don't, don't be fooled when the dream, the purpose, the promise doesn't look anything like the process. 
There have been so many times that I've been ready to give up on the waiting and the process because I was like, wait, this is not what you promised. This is, this is not what you said. This, this doesn't line up. The, the promise, the purpose, it won't look anything like the process. Look at Calvary. The promise was redemption. The promise was the son of God. The promise was Emmanuel. However, it was the process of the cross that looked nothing like the promise that fulfilled it. Can I get some music, please? So, so what do I do? You stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. What, what do I do with my family? Stay in the boat. What do I do with my kids? Stay in the boat. What do I do with this dream? Stay in the boat. I remember my first semester at Christ for the Nations. I remember coming home to a home that we were trying to sell, a brand new home. It was like a couple years old at that time. And it was empty because we haven't sold it yet. I remember passing through that home and thinking, I think the process is over. I can come back here, step right back in at the church, step right back in at Patterson Nissan. We can move right back into this beautiful home. Everything is so blurry. I have no hair to catch the sweat, though, on my nose. And I, I remember thinking to myself, Let, let's move back into this home. And I, and I knew better. I knew, man, it, I better not say anything to my wife. She's going to be all on board. And I, I'm struggling with the process. I'm, I'm struggling with the waiting. And I, I feel the furious storm. I feel the waves breaking into. I feel my life filling up with water and I, and I, feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm drowning. As the temptation to get out of the boat begins to set in. And we walk out to that front porch, that empty, brand new home. And Jennifer says, I hear the word of the Lord. And I'm thinking, oh my, she heard the same thing I heard. Maybe I was right. And she looks at me and says, Stephen, stay in the boat. Church, we've got to stay in the boat. Why? Because, because Jesus is faithful. Listen, it's always been Jesus. It will never stop being Jesus. It's Jesus, period. He's always been the one that we need to be with. It's never been a title. It's never been an agenda. It's never been an accolade. It's never been an achievement. It's always been Jesus.
Do you know that the disciples weren't good at anything? They weren't good at prayer. They couldn't pray for an hour. They weren't good at faith. They're constantly being rebuked. They weren't good at fasting. But you know what they were good at? They were good at staying in the boat with Jesus. In John chapter six, when Jesus comes out with this crazy message, eat my body and drink my blood, and everyone's like, whoa, 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 hold on. What are you talking about? And they all begin to walk away one by one. Do you know what the disciples did? The disciples said, for where would we go? You have the words to eternal life. I, lo I love what Jesus, I love what Jesus does in the process. He's sleeping, but not just sleeping. He's sleeping on a pillow. <laughs> you know what that means? It was intentional. Jesus is revealing to the church. He's revealing to his followers. This is what you do in the process. You be still and know that I am God. One translation says, cease striving and know that I am God. Jeremiah 1 and 12 says that he is watching over his words to see that they're fulfilled. Let every man be a liar, but let God's word be true. I love Galatians chapter 6 because it says those who sow in the spirit will reap in the spirit. And those who slow, sow in the flesh will reap in the flesh. However, the justice of God will not be mocked, church. I said the justice of God will not be mocked. Don't grow tired and weary in doing good. For in due season, we will reap a harvest if we faint not. Stay in the boat. Could you stand with me this morning? Stay Stay in the boat. Look, look, at, look at Psalms 126, 5 and 6. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their harvest, but they sing as they return. I understand that some of you are weeping this morning. But I've read the end of the book and he's faithful. A young man laid in his bed one night reading a love novel. And he got to the place where the young woman was taken in captivity. She was bound up at the top of the castle with no access to a redeemer, no access to a savior. However, the night was late and the young man had to go to bed and he takes the book and he puts it down and he turns off the light but he laid there tossing and turning, tossing and turning. 
And he, and he couldn't get out of his mind. What, what happened next? What happened next? Where, where? Where is this young lady now? What, what is, what's going to happen? And so he does what any good reader would do. He turns the light back on and goes to the end of the story. <laughs> and he reads the end of the process. He reads the end of waiting. He reads the fulfillment of the storyline. And he goes back to that place where the, the young lady is captured, where the young lady is in captivity. And he takes his own pen and he begins to write. He said, young lady, don't be discouraged. For your Redeemer is coming. And he's going to break through the strongholds. He's going to break through the fortress. He's going to break through and rescue you. How do I know this? Because I've read the end of the story. And it will not end in this process. Can I tell you this morning that I've read the end of the story. And he is faithful. And he is true. And he will not be mocked. But ever promise every dream, every vision. It's not denied. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. Listen, I know that all of us have different stories, but there's one common denominator in all of our stories. It's this, God is faithful. God is faithful over your children. I hear that deep in my spirit right now for you parents. The hearts that are discouraged, fathers and mothers. Your hearts that are under attack with fear and doubt and anxiety over your children. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. Would you close your eyes with me this morning? If you're here this morning and you're struggling staying in the boat, it's been a long process. It's been a long waiting. And you feel your patience expiring. You feel your waiting expiring. You feel your endurance slipping. I've been waiting. I, I've been anticipating. I, I'm standing on God's word. Where, where's the wind of God? Where's the breath of God? Where's the strength of God? Where, where's the faithfulness of God? I, I feel like I've been faithful, but where's his faithfulness? Your mind is under attack. Listen, you can visit the emotions, but don't sell out to them. Don't decorate your waiting room. You're just passing through. If I could get our prayer team to come down this morning. If you're part of the prayer team, please come down this morning. Jesus. Holy Spirit, 
If that's you this morning, you're struggling staying in the boat. And you need a fresh, fresh breath from God. I'm going to pray for you, but at the conclusion of this message, this prayer team wants to pray with you, wants to stand in faith with you and agreement with you. Father, I believe in your faithfulness. I trust the waiting. I, I trust the process. Holy Spirit, I pray for a supernatural grace and a supernatural strength on families this morning, on ministers this morning, on marriages this morning. A supernatural grace, a supernatural strength to continue to stay, to stay in the boat. To submit to the process, to submit to the purpose. Let them regain their sight. Let them regain their sight. Regain the sight of the goal. Regain the sight of the vision. Regain the sight to open, open the eyes. We pray for a supernatural strength. A supernatural rest in the process. In Jesus' name, amen. One more thing. You may be here this morning, you say, you know what? I don't even know Jesus. And I'm going through a process and I'm going through it all alone. And this morning, you want to ask Jesus into your heart. You want to become a part of the family of God. You want to be a part of the good news, the gospel. If that's you, if you just raise your hand, we want to invite you into the family of God this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, can you give it up for Jesus this morning? I'm going to hand this back over to Pastor. Yeah, such a good word. I'm going to pray for us. Um, before we do, I, I uh, felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. Somebody's going to deliver, you know, deliver the message. But um, I feel like there's, maybe you're online, there's, I feel like there's a, a, a wife, a female, and um, you really have been contemplating leaving your marriage. Um. And I think it's really the work of the enemy, obviously. Um, but it's been overwhelming in your mind. And and the, the lie is that I'm going to have to leave the marriage to find what, what I'm looking for or what I want. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, if you'll stay, if you'll stay, you'll end up with everything you hope for. If you leave... It's, it's going to be bad. It's not going to be what it looks like. I want you to understand the enemy comes, the Bible says, as an angel of light. And sometimes he comes with things that make sense in the moment. or they, they, In other words, he can even make things look like a good decision when it's a bad decision. And I just want you, I just feel this so strongly today. And I don't want to, I mean, I, I you know, we have... Obviously, we want to help. We have pastors. We want to help. We have counselors. We'll do everything for you. 
But I really feel like the words for you, and, and the four, point four was where the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. That's what the Lord says. If you'll stay in the boat, you're going to end up with everything you dream of. But it's going to be a process, and you're going to have to get help, and you, you, your, your marriage is going to have to have some help. But you'll end up where you want to be if you'll just stay. And so that's just my encouragement and admonishment to you. And we would be glad to help you. We have people that can come alongside you. Obviously, we have pastors, counselors, all those things. Be glad to help you. But I just feel so strongly from the Lord. Don't, don't leave. If you'll stay in the boat, you're going to end up with everything you hope for. If you leave, it's going to be a mess, okay? So, so don't let the enemy talk you into something or out of something but just hear this from the Lord. So, Father, we just thank you today, God, that obviously you're speaking and um, you're working. And, God, I pray specifically, Lord, I know for, for relationships and marriages and people who are in processes today who are just trying to trust you, and, God, I know what that's like. Um, and, God, I pray you would reveal yourself, that you would speak, that you would sustain. God, that you would sustain. And, God, that you would do more than we can ask or think, God, as we trust you in the process, in the waiting season. God, you are, you are in the waiting. You are there with us. You are close. You are near. And so, God, let us lean into you and not lean on what we can comprehend or understand. God, we just thank you for all that you're doing. God, today I pray for holy encouragement, holy encouragement for every person in this room. God, as they are trusting you, Lord, we, we just keep our eyes fixed on you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can you give Jesus praise? And um, <laughs> Yeah. Listen, if you need prayer, if you need a relationship with Jesus, if you just pray for anything, healing, just encouragement, whatever it is, we want to pray for you. Everybody else say, God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next weekend.